0: You are listening to You Heard It Here 2nd, Episode 4, brought to you by nobody because we still don't have any sponsors. The podcast is produced every Monday night and airs every Tuesday morning. Show notes, fan polls, full episodes, and our iTunes link can be found on our website, derrickandsteve.com. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back. Happy Tuesday. Episode four of You Heard It Here Second with Derek and Steve. Uh, Steve and Derek. Steve and Derek. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Uh, We do have to apologize for last week's episode, which was uh, corrupted, the equipment malfunction a little bit. Uh, It was very choppy audio. Some of you guys started to listen to it, Um, and it was just not good enough, not up to standards with what we want uh, the podcast to sound like. Uh And so we decided to, uh, we pulled the trigger, took it down. Uh, and are redoing episode four here tonight yep. uh, for the for the back on the regular schedule of Tuesday.
1: Yeah, so. yeah. So thank you guys for um, sticking with it as long as you could. I know a few of you listened until Derek started speaking and then turned it off anyway because um, it's just unlistenable and, and, when he speaks. So. And
0: and, and uh, I was also given the heads up that the way the audio jumped, it just jumped to me unprovoked, saying that Tom Brady is a cheater.
1: Unprovoked. So
0: unprovoked saying that Tom Brady was a cheater. Say it again. Uh, I said you said it twice.
1: Say it again. Maybe the
0: audio will skip again. Say it loud. Um, so many of you turned it off at that point knowing that something was wrong, and uh, evidently you were correct. So uh, here we are, uh, redoing this for episode four. So... Uh, for opening kickoff, we have something stupid again, like we always Love do. Love it. And it's another uh, cool, stupid thing. So, it's
1: Sort of cool. we we'll no, I give say cool.
0: I, I don't want to give it too much of an intro, but uh, basically... We'll say this. Let this me, yeah, go, yeah we'll give say, it a Just pitch.
1: listen. It Should I tell them what it is? <clears throat> tell them <throat> what it is. So it's a world champion whistler. It's a world champion whistler. And it's whistler. not just him whistling. It's him describing his craft. And he's describing it as if he's describing like... Something way more important than whistling,
0: <laughs> and way more difficult.
1: Way more difficult because me and Derek kind of practiced whistling a bit before this, and we're just as good. So I'd say yeah. play it. So here's listen, Chris- listen to his the word. His word choice is my favorite.
0: So here's Christopher Ullman describing everything to you.
2: The primary difference is between and an average whistler that you might hear just on the street and a champion an artistic whistler are a couple of factors. One is the range, you know how high and low can you go? Another are the techniques that people use. For example, I've developed all these funky techniques as the regular lip whistle, but I can also whistle with my tongue and then go So I use those as embellishments to mimic an instrument or to add diversity and it really helps me interpret the music in a more interesting way. There are many ways to keep one's lips conditioned. I don't kiss, for example, 24 hours before a performance because kissing makes your lips mushy. We cannot have mushy lips and be a champion, (laughs) and I drink ice water. But perhaps most importantly is my best friend, Chapstick. There is a handful of people around the world who can whistle, love to whistle, and have turned a routine type of sound into art. Well And you thought
1: whistling was just you just this hobby. You were just an average guy whistling on the street.
0: You thought wrong, my you friend. Thought wow. wrong. My goodness. There's so much more going into it. And
1: Derek uh, Dude. Man. I, I will say this. Man. Derek suggested maybe having a whistle off <laughs> for the, the next podcast. <laughs> and I thought about it for about a half a second and then said, If I could choose one thing that would be the worst thing for radio Ever would be just two hosts whistling at each other for a minute. It w- and, unless we were giving our secrets unless, for how we do it. Unless and, and we couldn't kiss because the lips would be mushy. <laughs> they can't have you mushy. Cannot lips. have the mushy
0: lips for, <laughs> for the uh, for the big performance uh, within 24 hours. So there um, you go. There's uh, Christopher Ullman, and uh, we'll try to get him on the podcast sometime in the future as a special guest. He's probably not very busy. We're, we'll reach out to, <laughs> reach out to National Geographic also, see if we whist- can get him.
1: I will say the whistling wasn't even like. You you think the whistling was, was Whistler, just good? You it was think just good like whistling. whoa, you want to be blown away? Yeah, it, to me it sounded like whistling. It sounded like whistling. I would also, expect
0: whistling that doesn't even sound like whistling anymore. If it's that good, it sounds like it's like synthesized or
1: something. And I will say, uh, shout out to one of our friends, Murph, uh, on the one of the podcasts. I think it was the second podcast he was on, or third, third, third. Um, he whistles with the tongue. that oh yeah. Uh, and he, I don't know if he can do the regular one, but uh, I called him out for that. But who knew it was a master technique? So maybe <laughs> he's the world's the world, world, ch- world champions He's halfway there to being a world champion whistler.
0: <laughs> Murph, if you can just add the uh, the regular whistling to your repertoire, then and you some could of these be competing <laughs> with the world champs, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're gonna have to stop kissing people, Murph. If no you're gonna, kissing. If you're gonna do that. So, uh, so there's the opening kickoff. We'll uh, we'll try to get Christopher Ullman back here sometime and <laughs> and go over some more whistling techniques for you guys. So uh, for today's episode, uh, we're gonna kind of simplify it a little bit we're first half second through. half so first half we're gonna do sports and we're gonna get bobby mundo back on to analyze college sports with us uh, college football with us at this time of year warning um warning, warning.
1: Sports. sports first sports. half of the podcast
0: is about sports so devin you can fast forward uh to the next half and as anybody else who does not like sports and can't stand hearing us talk about sports you can fast forward if you like sports if you like us you can continue to listen and not fast forward so uh so a lot of sports topics um we have a few topics that we, again, with the podcast that got dropped last week, we didn't. We, we had some good takes on them last week. Best I think, takes. I had know, some hot you ones. Know, to be honest, we actually had some good sports talk last week that we had a lot of good uh, insight and, and kind of opinions on things, but you know that unfortunately got lost. So we'll fire through that and go with quick thoughts on a few of these topics before getting into a few details about the NFL playoff time uh, and then having uh, Bobby Mundo break down college football for us. Mm-hmm. So number one topic, uh, the story that we touched on last week, the story's not going away anytime soon, so it's not a big deal, but Peyton Manning and the HGH, what are your thoughts?
1: Um, just quick thoughts. Um, Peyton Manning, American's, America's golden boy, best quarterback in the league, definitely didn't cheat. It's a witch hunt. Um, Goodell's out to get him, and he hates the Broncos. Um, so I really just think this is like the media is blowing this out of proportion. Um, Peyton told everyone he was going to use HGH before he destroyed his phone. <laughs> Um, no, obviously I'm just ragging on Derek and, and the Tom Brady deflate gate thing, but, um, it, it all seems kind of, uh, not real. I mean, yeah. this one definitely seems a little more far fetched. Uh, it was sent to his wife or, and like he came out and was just like, this is ridiculous. I don't lose sleep. So I, I'm kind of not putting too much thought I, I, to it. I'm,
0: I'm holding off on it until more comes out. Uh, it'd be hypocritical of me to, to latch to things when it first comes out. Cause I, that's the biggest problem I had with everything with the Brady case. So uh, despite the fact that you know a lot of Pats fans are upset that the media is not treating this the same way they treated the accusations when Brady came out, uh, when Brady's accusations came out at first, uh, I'm not going to jump on that same bandwagon. I, you know, rash thought. I think it I think he was probably taking HGH to recover, I, I'm not that upset about it. I don't think that it it taints anything. Just like I don't think that any of the accusations about Brady tainted anything. I'm just going to let this one play out. I, I'm I'm holding holding off on this until uh, more facts come out from the media. So. We'll see. Uh, Those are our quick thoughts. We had some more on that before, but uh, we'll pass on that for now. So, second topic, Chip Kelly getting fired. I think you love it.
1: I love it. So, Chip Kelly getting fired, and I'll blow through this one too, but this was my greatest take, I think, was I I like it for a few reasons. One, because I don't like that argument that the best college team could beat the worst NFL team, and this was kind of Chip Kelly just supplanting college football in the NFL, and it backfiring. It didn't work. Um, He tried to Beat the sh- he tried to beat the play clock, um, and he tried to kind of implement this speed spread. He used DeMarco Murray terribly. Like He, he tried to just change everything, and defenses caught on to it after two games, and, and they were bad, um, and he was fired. So yeah. I'm I'm really – I mean, I like Chip Kelly as a person, I think. I don't think he's a racist <laughs> like LaShawn McCoy does. Um, but I, I'm kind of happy to see I, – I think if he goes to um, – the Titans and gets Mariota, or if he gets Mariota in the draft, he doesn't get fired even if they're just, just as bad. Um, but I'm kind of happy to see, I don't know. Yeah. I want the I, NFL to be played like the NFL. Uh, yeah,
0: I, I agree. I think the NFL and college football are different and it's great that they're different. I love college football and what it, it's all about. And I think the NFL being different is good. I think if they were the same, like we said, they would be one inferior to the other if they were if they were the same brand of football then why would you watch college football if it it was the same as the nfl because the nfl would be superior to it so uh i think you know then you'd be getting into like it would just be a minor league of the nfl and nobody watches minor league sports anywhere Uh, the fact that college is so different than the nfl is what makes it so appealing so i do like that uh the college style didn't succeed in the nfl and it never has to this and it probably never will i'm talking about system wise coaching wise you know there are some quarterbacks that have you know, made the jump and kind of played that style. Cam Newton is doing it uh, in that he didn't change his style that much for the NFL. But uh, I agree. I think if I think uh, if Chip Kelly does go to Tennessee with Mariota, I think he has a better shot at succeeding. Uh, I also somewhat think that uh, the NFC East being so bad this year might have hurt Chip Kelly a little bit and that the the division was still winnable for him, uh, you know, late in the season and he still lost so many big games. But he
1: also lost big games to bad teams, to worse teams. So there's the other side of that. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, I mean. As far as him getting fired, it was, you know, you can only lose so many big chances there, and he lost all of them that he had. Um, so goodbye. Chip Kelly's gone, and uh, we'll see what his next uh, his next landing spot <gasps> is. Maybe Boston College. Bye. Who knows? Uh, TCU trumps Oregon in the big bowl game, uh, the most exciting bowl game probably of the past week. Uh, quick thoughts. We're going to get to this with Bobby Mundo coming up, but uh, what were your rash thoughts on the
1: TCU-Oregon game? Everyone thinks this was a great game. I'm on <laughs> team this was the worst bowl game. I mean, <laughs> I had a lot of money writing this, and my dad had a, had a lot of money in the uh, other pool, I think, um, or a lot of, at least pride and thirty-one point. It was just two backup quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. One was just like Rob. Rob said it best: the Oregon is the most rattled I have ever seen anything on this planet ever of all time. <laughs> like they, they, it just like they couldn't do anything. It was embarrassing. It was, it was kind of just like watching a train wreck, and, and you couldn't look away. Yeah. So I don't think that's like obviously TCU had a great comeback, mm-hmm. and it was. Um, pretty epic, but like watching that team just like flounder was kind of, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. For it those of you like... who
0: missed it, it was 31, nothing, uh, Oregon leading and TCU came all the way back 31, 31, forcing overtime, uh, eventually won the game 47, uh, 41, triple overtime. Um, so exciting game for sure to watch. Um, moving forward though, we have Clemson and, and, uh, Alabama for the national championship, which again, uh, we will talk with Rob about coming up, but what are your, oh. what are your quick pick for the national championship game?
1: I've had Clemson all along. I think Clemson's offense is high powered, and their defense is good. Like, uh, um, so I mean, Bama is just Bama. You can't count them out because they're always they're well coached, they're well run football team. But Clemson's got some swagger, and yeah. I'm, I want them to bring it home. we we're, we're ACC homers.
0: I agree. I'm an ACC homer as well, but I think Clemson's got it. I think. Uh, Clemson doesn't get the respect they deserve. I think that the ACC doesn't get the respect it deserves, and the SEC gets way more than it deserves. Uh, not to discredit it, uh, Alabama. I think they are the second-best team in the country. They they proved it against Michigan State. They dominated them. Um, but, hey, I think just because they're in the SEC and they are in this game – they haven't had as an imp- as impressive a season as Clemson has. Clemson's beaten everybody that's in their, that's been on their schedule and, and stepped in front of them, and they've done it impressively. So I think uh, just because Clemson, the ACC, is no reason for them to be an underdog, and uh, I think that they have a good shot to win this game, so I'm picking Clemson as well. It's a
1: great pick, Derek. It's a great pick.
0: Um, next topic, the Winter Classic. I don't want to talk about it. I Steve. love it. <laughs> Steve wants to talk about it because my team lost. So I love what, what when thoughts?
1: Derek's teams lose. <laughs> um I just think it's so like and this I actually read today that it was the least watched. Really? Uh Winter Classic of all time. I think people are just kind of over it. Like we watch how much pageantry went into this stupid Oh, this yeah. It was they're doing way too much. Like this, it's just it's a regular season hockey game. This
0: Winter Classic was It's uh, just outdoors. You know, we were, you know, I thought I thought that first of all, I say that I think this venue was perfect for it. I thought Gillette was a great place to have the Winter Classic being there in person looked like, you know, some stadiums are not built for that kind of thing. Fenway, there are Gillette a lot is the of best. And Tom well, the, the best. The, the, uh, Fenway Park had a lot of bad seats for the Winter Classic. I think down low, you know, Gillette. Most of the seats looked like they were good seats to watch the game from. But then watching this game, one o'clock was the scheduled start time. We're sitting there. It's one fifteen. And uh, had, simple like, plan is <laughs> coming on to, to play the na- the Canadian national anthem, and American authors, and American authors did like just a random songs. just a random pregame concert that wasn't the national anthem, yeah. and then at halftime, simple plan played again, and it was just like like you know it was a little over the top with the fan fest and everything like that. So I think. Uh that part of it might, you know, I think you're right from a neutral neutral fan perspective. That's what's why they're not watching it is because yeah, it's they not... They try to make it like, a, like the Super Bowl. It's, it's, exactly. And, and you and, can't
1: make a regular season hockey game yeah, exactly. that
0: interesting. And so I I think the Winter Classic will always be a very big draw for people to go in person and, yeah. and see that game in person and for the fans of those teams to see it. But, you know, from firsthand experience, I would say the past, I'm a big hockey fan. In the past several years when my team is not in the Winter Classic, that's not... What I'm looking to watch on on New Year's Day, you know, it was also competing with Ohio State Notre Dame, which was one of the more yeah. popular bowl games, being uh, drawing ratings. So,
1: and it's uh, a more popular sport, and overall.
0: is oh, and definitely a more popular sport. And New Year's Day has now the, the, the college football has taken over New Year's Day, and so the NHL might want to think about revising their winter classic schedule from being new year's day. The NFL
1: can literally take a day. Like they can football in general. Yeah. Yeah. Can just take a day they want.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, the NHL, not that it's, it's not killing the NHL. It's just, it's just a regular season game. It's that they don't need the winter classic to be some massive event. Um, but I agree. I think that the, the whole, uh, theatrics around it might be, uh, acting to its detriment a little bit. So, uh, that's right. it for the winter classic topic, and now uh, to some of the football topics. So I'll start. I'll you let you start
1: st- with this one. This <laughs> is the Patriots losing um, in overtime against the Jets, picking to kick the ball in overtime as opposed to what any normal rational football team <laughs> has does and has done and will do for the rest of time is choosing to ki- choosing to receive, and instead they chose to kick. Right. Um, so I would like your opinion. on. That.
0: So uh, we, we went over this uh, in the uh, failed podcast last week. Uh, since I know what Steve was after, I'll, I'll give Steve what what Steve would like to hear say is that it. Belichick made the wrong decision. Yes. Um, Belichick made a bad decision in my opinion. Um, Ooh, twice. But so, so I did just say that twice, um, but I will say, I think that uh, I'll come to his defense a little bit and I'll say that I don't think that the decision is as bad uh, as it's been portrayed. I, like I said, again, I, I think that it was the wrong choice, but I, um, a few interesting numbers that I saw in the aftermath of that. Um, since the NFL went to the, the new overtime rules, where each team is guaranteed a possession unless there's a, touch, a touchdown or safety scored uh, on the first possession, fifty-one um, percent of the teams that won the toss won. The, uh, excuse me, that received won the game. Um, 51-49. So, so it's a very, very even more split. Even, um, but more still, even than you would think. Still 51, uh, certainly, still fifty-one percent. S- still, still advantage to receiving. Um, but then, you know, you can twist the numbers around a little bit. The, the next stat that they threw out there was that 64% of the opening drives uh, don't result in points, uh, which then shifted the favor all the way to the team that kicked off. If they are able to get that 64%, then their numbers yeah. obviously go way up. So, if they again, I'm not trying to score. defend.
1: If they stop the Jets and score, do you say, good decision? Do you say Bill Belichick made the right decision, kicking the ball. In overtime?
0: Uh, only the only the only case I say that in is if they stop the Jets and then they score uh, a long field goal without, re- but still struggle to move the ball. That's the only reason that you kick the ball in that situation is if you really don't think the offense can move the ball down the field. Because if you are kicking the ball, you are playing for field position. There is no other reason that you kick the ball because you are going to have to stop them either way. Uh, you know, if you if you're on offense, unless you know you can score a touchdown, but you obviously didn't think that because you you chose to kick. So yeah. it's it a complete made, field position decision if you're doing that. And
1: and it d- certainly didn't help his case that they basically scored in five plays or less. They they, they like, went right down the field. They went right yeah. down the field. They, they, and scored. they went right down the field. And, at home, you don't. Uh,
0: kick. They did force it was third and long. It, it for for two plays, it looked like they had maybe had you know at least we're going to get the ball back and make that stop. But then, uh, pass interference penalty on the third and long you know, killed them. And then the next three, you know, three plays later, they're in yeah. the end zone. So, um, it looks much worse when it, when it unfolds that way. And say,
1: say the thing. Then again. there's
0: the, he made a bad choice. Bill Belichick made a bad choice. Yes. In that. Um, and then, and you know, and there's, there's also the, the, uh, the believers out there that the Patriots lost that game on purpose to keep the Steelers out of the playoffs. We won't even get uh, into we that. We won't get into that, but people are now coming back out again, that the Patriots lost again this week on purpose to keep, to avoid the Steelers, which, which, which if you still believe that, you congratulations because they successfully did avoid the Steelers. Um, A lot of other things needed to happen to let to, to fall into that scenario. The you know, the Broncos needed to take the one seed from the Patriots. The Steelers needed to win and get into the playoffs. The Chiefs needed to fall into their seed. So I don't know how you think that that happened, but if you do, uh, the Patriots did avoid the Steelers. Belichick
1: made it happen. (laughs) That's what he did.
0: He did, and he has the foresight to know that the Steelers will now go into Cincinnati and beat the three seed, that the Patriots will beat the team that they face, the the Texans or the Chiefs, and that the Steelers will then go to Denver and beat the Broncos, uh, and then the Patriots will not have to go on the road.
1: It's, so brilliant. It's, it's
0: brilliant. It's brilliant. It's absolute mastermind.
1: He is the greatest um, coach.
0: But in all seriousness, I uh, you know, I guess I'm happy the Patriots are avoiding the Steelers. I think they are a dangerous team. Uh, and now they are uh, narrowed down to either the uh, Bengals, Chiefs, or the Texans uh, that they will face. And to be honest, I don't want to face the Chiefs. <laughs> the Chiefs, the Chiefs are a scary look good. The team. Chiefs defense 11, is good. They've won 11 straight games the Chiefs have won. Uh, and then if they gain the additional confidence of winning a playoff game against the Texans.
1: I will say... The majority of the teams in in the division, other than the Patriots, are defensive minded teams. Defensive, except for Pittsburgh. Except and, for and, Pittsburgh, and New England. They're but all defensive. I think you would want to play Pittsburgh because you, like you said last it's, week, a shoot. You're not going to come in yeah. to to Gillette and win a shootout. The only way you're going to beat the Pats is if you if you make Brady rattled. And and most of the other teams have good D lines, yeah, pretty good um, linebackers, and mostly good DBs so and and I think
0: the Texans have all that as well but the Texans are such a
1: wreck on offense that
0: they don't scare me the Chiefs and the Broncos have that type of blueprint and even and even Cincinnati that that you get a little bit scared of is that really strong defensive line that can pressure Brady and then an offense that can just manage the game if the offense can't turn the ball over so You're looking at the Chiefs and Alex Smith, a quarterback who just takes care of the ball and makes simple plays. The team that last season the Patriots went up to Arrowhead and got their got their doors blown off by the Chiefs uh, again. Completely different atmosphere, completely different situation. Oh. But you know, I think it's, it, there's something to be said for it. Nothing is uh, nothing is a piece of cake, and for everybody who is wishing to avoid the Steelers, I, I hear you. The Steelers are a dangerous team, but
1: they're again, not the I, most I, dangerous I, team to
0: me. To to the Patriots, I, I think. That all these teams pose their own threats and this and to me the Steelers were never the one that were gonna come in here and, and win a shootout. But either way, we'll see what happens. The the playoff picture is gonna be phenomenal. Uh you correctly predicted that the Panthers would uh, blow the doors off the Bucks in I the did. final week of the season. I do
1: watch the Bucks play um, sometimes.
0: So the Panthers did that and they finished fifteen and one and the Cardinals get uh, ripped apart by the Seahawks, who now look like suddenly uh, you know, maybe Bowl the team, hot yeah. pick to be the Super Bowl team again for the third straight year in the NFC.
1: All you have to do is get hot at the right time. That's If you get hot a, a, team, a, a game or two before the playoffs and then ride it, you'll win. Like Look at the past few years. It's just been teams that don't play very... That's why the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs yeah. have a, a legitimate shot. Um, and teams like the, the Bengals, who kind of started off hot and then kind of faltered, mm-hmm. are... are I don't think they're going to go anywhere. Yeah.
0: So. and and it's it's concerning for the Patriots as well because the Patriots had this similar situation happen in 2010. Uh, they you know they had a hot start. Brady won the MVP that year, if I'm not mistaken. 36 touchdowns, four picks. I think some ridiculous ratio. Uh, and they they kind of stumbled a little bit at the end of the year, and they lost their divisional round game against the Jets. Uh, at home at Gillette. And so it, it comes down to how well you're playing at this time of year uh, to be able to roll into these playoffs and win. And when you talk about Seattle and the NFC, we both had the Cardinals being the best team in the NFL the last yeah. time we sat here talking. And the Seahawks just absolutely destroyed them uh, over the weekend, 36-6, to six, I believe the score was. And that brings, just real quick before we move on, Russell Wilson now in, in this seven-game stretch where the Seahawks have gone 6-1, and one, Russell Wilson has 24 touchdowns and one pick. And his passer rating is one thirty two point eight over these seven games. So I think so,
1: I think he's a lock for number two in the MVP discussion after Jameis Winston.
0: I, I agree completely. I think that uh that's not even debatable. Jameis Winston is easily gonna win the MVP. So um okay, moving to our last topic, which uh is the final topic for NFL before we move on uh to Bobby Mundo is Tom Coughlin uh, out B-bye, the door as Giants goodbye, coach. Goodbye, so,
1: goodbye, Tom. Um,
0: Interesting development over the weekend. I will say that we have an unnamed source. Uh, credible. Credible unnamed source. Uh, and we had this information on Saturday, actually. And what, and what did we do with it? And we did nothing with nothing. it. Nothing. Nothing with we
1: it. We knew this was happening a day before it happened. Before Adam Schefter knew it was happening. But, no, I'm sure Adam Schefter knew it was happening. I'm Maybe. sure Adam Schefter knew two weeks before Tom Coughlin knew it was happening. (laughs) That's probably true. But
0: either way, we knew this on Saturday before. uh, Certainly anybody listening knew, or most people listening knew. Mm -hmm. Um, And we sat on it and didn't do anything. But it was a very credible source. You sat on it a
1: few times. Yeah,
0: sat on it several times. Um, But he's out. So what are your thoughts on Tom Coughlin leaving
1: Um, uh, the Giants? I mean, I'm totally fine. He's just like an old guy. Like, it's time – I mean – their team is so up and down all the time. Like mm-hmm. it, it, I don't know if it's the coaching or if it's just Eli being Eli or what it is, um, but he he's coached some very good teams and some very bad teams. I think it's just, I think it's just time to to start fresh or, or yeah. kind of retire or do whatever. But I think this was a good move for the yeah.
0: Giants. Yeah, I mean, eventually, eventually a locker room can just kind of get stale after a while if it's the same guy and you kind of. And he always lose, lose, lose that success and he's always disgruntled and <laughs> confused with Eli. And, he looks like his face is melting on the side. Yeah. Lines. He always looks like he's just come in from a very cold and bitter winter storm. And <laughs> yeah. Then, and then he's standing on the sideline and, uh, he, you know, he, 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 was, he was a very good coach for the giants. I know a lot of the giants fans love him and, uh, you know, wish him well. I, I I assume he's retiring. He, I think it, this was a Steve Spurrier situation where he said he's resigning, not retiring. Yeah. But uh, I would be surprised if Tom Coughlin was back as a head coach uh, for any team. Uh, you know, yeah, again, he, again, the NFL.
1: He has. I, I think I don't know what the the coaching qualifications for the Hall of Fame are, but two Super Bowls, yeah, two, um, two of the most uh, well known Super Bowls, too. Yeah, um, so I, I think his his pedigree is is good enough to kind of call it quits and and be happy with the career that he had for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And now
0: we're joined on the phone by our college football expert, Bobby Mundo, joining us on our expert phone line. Bobby Mundo, how are you doing today? I'm
3: doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, like you said, off with you a happy New Year. Just really excited to be here. Long time listener, first time caller. Pumped, pumped to get some air time.
0: Absolutely. We're pumped
1: to have you. We're pumped to have you, Rob. Or Bobby Mundo, as we're calling you. <laughs> all right. So uh,
0: as our college football expert, I think that we will get into all the uh, very exciting bowl games that happened over the past week. But first, we have some resident uh, expert knowledge that you can provide us with, which is on the Boston College football team uh, and their off season to date. They had a uh, big loss that we weren't able to cover uh, over the last week or so as it happened. But uh, defensive coordinator Don Brown uh, departs from Boston College to join Michigan's football program. Uh, what do you make of that move, Rob, and the rest of the Boston College offseason outlook uh, thus far in the uh, early goings of the off-season?
3: Yeah, I feel like it might be a little pessimistic here, but my opinion, the offseason could not have been more of a debacle. <laughs> oh, no. um, we lost Don Brown, obviously the architect of what was the number one rated defense in the country, and probably the only bright spot of BC football this year. Um, defense was unbelievable. Can't say enough about it. And a huge amount of that success was related to Coach Brown. So, obviously, very disappointed to see him go. Uh, a bunch of recruits, not a bunch, but a handful of recruits who are going to be coming you know, on the defensive side of the ball have subsequently decommitted, which is to be expected when they lose the coach. Their are i them. super disappointed to see that as well. But overall, just a huge blow to the Eagles' outlook uh, for next year. Uh, they're bringing back seven or eight starters in the ball, depending on how you account for people on the D-line. So I think a lot of us are looking forward to seeing that success continue. And now, although the players are still there, it's going to be interesting to see if uh, we're able to still succeed. I will say two bright spots. First is Harold Landry on Twitter said, and I'm paraphrasing here, that even though Coach Brown is gone, the defense still goes heat. So that gives me a lot of optimism yeah. um, that maybe they'll be able to get it done next year. And then the other piece is we actually have an incoming quarterback, fifth-year transfer from Kentucky, Patrick Towers, I believe you pronounced his last name. Still a mystery to me. We'll find out soon enough. He um, got benched this year. wasn't very good, but as Steve put it, you can't be anywhere in the quarterbacks like you have now, and you've had luck with 50th transfers before. You got some SEC experience, so hopefully uh, things will work out there. But overall, tough top offseason for the beloved Boston College Eagles.
1: Rob, in your educated opinion, is the Boston College football team gone eat this year?
3: I want to believe they will, and I'm sure by the time the season rolls around, I'll probably be predicting it to go like 10 or (laughs) 2.
2: All right. So,
3: right now, I don't think there's a place at the table, but by the time, you know, summer rolls around out in Ireland for the first game of the year, all I'm going to be seeing is what they'll stay when I look at that schedule.
0: Optimism always rolls back around at BC, and we're going to be ready for it when August and September comes around. Uh, moving to the national stage, Rob, we had a lot of exciting uh, bowl games happen over the past week. Uh, obviously, the most exciting uh, to most people anyway would be the Oregon TCU game, which I'm sure you're going to talk about here.
1: Not exciting.
0: Uh, what were some of your uh, favorite bowl games? What jumped out at you the most? Uh, and then we'll get to the predictions that you made last week in the podcast that we weren't able to post. Some impressive predictions there. So let's let's start through all the bowl games and what what jumped out at you the most.
3: But something there to me is the bowl games this year actually been kind of disappointing. There was a lot of blowouts across the board, not a ton of really exciting games. But the last two we had, West Virginia and Arizona State, and then it was a close one, a shootout. Um, West Virginia squeaking out a one point win, and then TCU Oregon was it's probably the best football game that'll be played in 2016. But, I mean, that game was an absolute roller coaster from start to finish. Interestingly enough, I thought I had a chance at winning our bowl pool TC1. Turns out I was wrong, and I don't know how to fill out a spreadsheet. But it's an absolutely incredible game. Pack of quarterback's going at it. Jack's making plays all over the place. There's really something special to watch. And it's kind of the game that if you're someone who likes college football, you like it because of games like that where crazy things are happening you're stuff you don't ever see in an NFL game um for better or for worse. Yeah. So that was that was awesome.
0: Yeah, and and that one had a lot of ramifications in bowl pools. Obviously Rob you you, uh, you referenced there the bowl pool which uh many of you entered. Thank you for entering. Uh Rob was right at the top of that race as well as Steve. He was. Steve was in the mix as well. I was always in the uh, mix. Uh Big
1: Ed actually came away with the win. Big uh, Ed. Despite
0: losing uh with that he had Oregon in that he game. He had Oregon. Um, he
1: actually that was so Big Ed for those of you who don't know is my father. <laughs> Um, Big Ed Nicholas. Um, And he had won nine out of the last ten, and if they would have won that game, he would have won ten straight. Um, I mean, that kind of sealed it for him, and he he ends up winning the pool, not even having to care about the the national championship game, unfortunately, for the other bowlers, but... Um, a win for the family is a win for me, so <laughs> I'm I'm in it
0: exactly. So uh, Steve mentions not having to worry about the national championship game, but Rob, I believe that you did predict this national championship game when we had the uh, first go of this podcast last week. Tell us about that prediction and then how you see this game unfolding.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to see my own here, but predictions went exactly as I said they
2: would.
3: <laughs> uh, I predicted both games to be pretty big wins. Um, picked both with the winners correctly and things. You know, you guys have the record of this, although the Witzers in here. Basically exactly what I said. So, you know, feeling pretty confident about the picks. Um, While well, I'm moving a little preview of the national championship here, you know what? No one's given Humps in any respect, which I think, you know, might be the H C Homer me, but I think it's ridiculous. Number one team in the country They've beaten everyone on their schedule. They've looked really impressive. And I don't think people are given given the team South Carolina, any, any of their due respect right now.
1: There was a an article or a, um, they talked about it on PTI this morning, or this afternoon, Rob, and you were there, that said, one of the questions was, is Alabama the clear favorite? <laughs> and me and you both kind of just like didn't register, because how can people write off Clemson as much as they have been?
3: Yeah, and honestly, I think at the end of the day, it just seems like people haven't watched this Clemson team play. And I think they look at them and they see Deshaun Watson was a Heisman finalist. And, you know, they put up a lot of points. And I think that they just view this as like a, you know, for lack of a better think here, is there's, you know, your standard spread team with a talented mobile quarterback who put up points because of the scheme they were on. And that's probably not the case at all. I mean, their defense, if you look at what they did to Oklahoma, which is one of the best offenses in the country, they have two future NFL running backs. NFL talent at wide receiver, NFL talent on the whole line. Baker Mayfield's also one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And they held them scoreless in the second half once they kinda got their feet under them. So I the Clemson defense is really the reason why no one's giving this team credit. They're very easy to look at on paper, they'll watch a the few highlights here and there and they're making explosive plays and you know people think they're another TCU or a available where they put up a ton of points but don't play on the other side of the football and if Anything, as crazy as it sounds, I would almost argue their defense is a strength of the team. And that's why people are overlooking them. But should be a good time game. Um, I actually I like Clemson's matchup. I think as great as Alabama's defense is, Clemson's isn't that far behind. And I know Alabama on offense is stacked. they is the highest trophy winner. They have a lot of young studs, a wide receiver, who can make plays. There are definitely guys who you know can do a lot with the ball and they get in space, but I think at the end of the day, Deshaun Watson is the difference maker in this game. Uh, Alabama's quarterback Jake Coker is good, and he was dialed in against Michigan State. He's been he hasn't been as good as Watson this year. I mean, not many yards. So it's probably not a fair comparison, but I think at the end of the day, uh, Deshaun Watson just kind of blows his team away and puts them over the edge. I originally predicted this final game to be forty-five, thirty-five 45-35 win for Clemson, uh, thinking it was going to kind of turn into a shootout because that's really the only way you could beat Bama's. You're not going to beat them straight up, trying to run the ball down their throat as you saw at Michigan State. But think after um, watching how great both defense are playing right now, I'm going to revise it down a little bit. So I'm thinking – Clemson, forty-two,
2: <laughs> Alabama thirty-five.
3: All
0: right, still All a very high spread. Write it game. down. So, so one less field goal for Clemson in this one. <laughs> uh, big, big discrepancy there in the uh, in the game prediction for Rob. So uh, always good talking to you, Rob. And uh, we'll have to check back in with you and see if you nailed yet another prediction uh, with Clemson bringing home an a uh, national championship for the ACC. Uh, so thanks, Rob, and thanks for joining us. Right,
3: thanks
1: for having me, guys. Bye, Thank Rob. You. Miss you, Rob.
0: All right. Thanks again to Bobby Mundo for joining us uh, on the guy. phone line. Great guy. Definitely. Really good dude. Great dude. We should live with him. We should try to live with him. I agree. I'll, we'll reach out offline. Rob, uh, you want to live agent.
1: with us? What? Do you want to live with us? No. He said right. no.
0: <laughs> no. We'll, we'll we'll talk more about All that right. one. So uh, <laughs> second, second half um, will be some of our local topics as usual. So uh, let's jump right into it. Flag football. We had some... Discussion about this last week that we didn't get to, so we're not going to go over all of it. Nope. Uh, We had some injuries on our team. We bounced back from it. We're two and one. We had to forfeit against the uh, number one team in the league, the defending champs. We had to forfeit. We forfeited because we were skiing. We we forfeited because it was
1: New Year's Day. It was New Year's. It was was January 2nd was Was the game. The game was January 2nd,
0: but we were all away on a trip, uh, most of our team. And we had to forfeit, so, so that we're, happened. We're, we're, officially two and, and one. we're officially two and one, but no one's beaten us.
1: We're still the hottest
0: team in the league. Hottest team in the league. Most um, swag. Most swag, easily. Uh, most and one-handed catches. Most, by far the most one-handed catches. Uh, and hey, it's the season's still looking fine for us. I think we come back with a big win next week, and we're back to yep. three and one, and everybody's terrified of us because they haven't beaten us in person. So. Two and
1: one, and they're gonna. They're gonna think that we're not as good because they, all they see is the exactly, L. The, exactly. Exactly. All see they see is this, this team lost last week, um, put up zero points. And it's a loss to a good – it's a good loss if we're going by college football <laughs> standards. We have one good loss. I How mean, many good losses do other
0: teams have? Exactly. I mean, this that you know that team, the defending champs, are 3-0, but who's their best loss? Tell me. Who's their best loss? Don't know. Can't, can't, They're our best loss, so, it. you know, yeah. more impressive resume. So, yep. we'll keep you updated on that as usual as we go forward, but – uh, the reason we forfeited, like I said, the ski trip. So ski we talked trip. to you guys about this a little bit. We had hyped this up to some people. So, Steve, what'd you think? We didn't get scammed.
1: Sugarloaf. Sugar Loaf. Sugar Loaf. Sugar Loaf Mountain. Um, or as some were calling it, Booger Loaf. Booger Loaf. Mostly me.
0: Mo- just you, I
1: think. Um, it was great. We we didn't get scammed. It was a beautiful house, a little small.
0: It was a little bit small. We were
1: crammed in for three full days. Plenty
0: of room for sleeping, but not sleeper. as much room for breathing, breathing and talking. kind of talking and
1: personal space,
0: having personal space showering. and that type of thing yeah. and showering.
1: But yeah. overall, great. It was ski in, ski out. It was super cheap. Yeah. It there were there's a little bar right down the street. There was the lodge had like a uh, 80s night party. Um, overall, very good, easy trip. I'm two thumbs up. Yeah. Easy, plenty, relaxing you know, New Year's. Plenty of
0: parking. We all were able to take our cars up there. Um, great, you know, uh, atmosphere. I think the uh, kind of the ability to do whatever you wanted. You know, for me, uh, like we mentioned before, I, the Winter Classic was on New Year's Day. So I chose not to ski that day and kind of hung out and watched the Winter Classic and kind of was upset that I did that because I it was so two bad. I full
1: days and loved it.
0: Um, got up early, though, on on uh, Saturday and, and skied all day there. Uh, went to get our... Uh, a few of our friends and I who wanted to start a little slower, get on the greens uh, for our first run of the year. I, so I've only skied for now. This is my second year skiing.
3: Uh, you did bought, so well, Bought though. some
0: new skis and stuff. I've improved. And I'm so improved, proud of you, dude. Definitely Derek. improved. But uh, got up there for the greens first time and uh, went down a no green choices. So we went down a blue and then suddenly only had the the only choice was a double black for about 100 yards. Uh, so that was a fun time. Uh, wish I had that on video. Um, but anyway, very good, uh, you know, you know, I'm glad with my purchase of the skis. Uh, having a good time and there. Ski rack. Ski rack for the car made things very useful. Uh, fit three pairs of skis and a snowboard on there. So, uh, lots of good, uh, good success for the first for the first trip of the year. So, so proud of you, Derek. Uh, very, very uh, proud of myself oh, as well. So you looked
1: so good out there.
0: <laughs> so uh, next topic: The Bachelor was on tonight uh, dun, as dun. we record this uh, in the morning. Uh, last night for you yes. guys. Uh, So The Bachelor, and I've never watched The Bachelor before. I've never watched The Bachelor before. but
1: I I will say we watched it kind of because we were setting up for the podcast. Uh, The dude seems really nice. Very, very nice. He seems way too (laughs) nice, like a normal really... (laughs) like was upset that he wasn't going to pick all the girls and he had to like he didn't was, want to kiss them cuz like he didn't want to lead them on
0: yeah and he and he didn't want to look at them when he didn't choose them cuz yeah. he like felt bad and, and the girls are nuts and and then he and he and he actually when when the the last girl picked was crazily mad at him for not looking at her he actually listened to that and he was like, sat like her down he was like, like he was like I understand I'm sorry like
1: He's too. So, nice. a
0: really, really nice dude, apparently. But um, he's
1: making every guy in the world look really bad.
0: Oh, very bad, very bad. Um, so, and he's still on the TV. By the way, yeah, we're, we're four we're, hours we're, later. we It's just you guys a little bit of back, uh, you know, background into our recording process. It's about eleven p.m. Uh, Monday night, and The Bachelor was on at eight tonight, and it's and this it had, dude is still this being dude has been grilled. on our TV up until eleven p.m. It's some after show, apparently. So, anyways, apparently everyone goes crazy over this, but every girl um, I know was like, "We'll see." Uh, Uh, We will.
1: This is a big. We understand. We don't like. I actually, I don't love The Bachelor. I don't really understand it. I'm I'm sure you love it, Derek. But (laughs) I know a lot of our listeners love it, um, especially the girls who kind of don't get into the football half of it. So we will be making an effort to uh, talk about The Bachelor, and we might have a Bachelor expert come on. And give her expert opinions on a this dude who's the man among men, um, and then all these crazy girls that he has to put up with. Yes, Um, and I I would like to hear a girl's point of view. I would as well. I
0: would also like to. uh, After we've been down this territory before with uh, with one of our guests, I would like to clarify that. we are aware that girls like football, too. Yes, um, some
1: the, girls like the, football. The bachelor,
0: the bachelor talk is not just to encapsulate all girls. Some guys, um, It's for
1: Derek, too. Derek <laughs> watches The Bachelor. He wants to talk about it. It's for a few other guys that we listen to, too. It doesn't matter. It's just a new topic that's not sports that yes, people are into. Yes,
0: we are looking to uh, continue to broaden beyond sports uh, because we can't be too sports-heavy. So. Uh, we'll get some experts on to talk about that, and of course, Murph is our TV expert, so yes. we'll have to hear what he has to say as well. And
1: there's a BC girl, and there's a BC
0: girl, and on she's the Bachelor. surprisingly normal and funny and cool. She's, she seems like one of the cool ones. I Think um, she's going to win? We she was at one of our tailgates,
1: our football tailgate. One of our
0: football tailgates. We don't know her, but she was she was at one of our tailgates, and huh. uh, she's on The Bachelor. So uh, totally there you go, cool. there you go. Connection to uh, you heard your side. I'm rooting so, for her. Uh, so, Steve, another topic uh, oh, that we good. missed that you want to go back to. This I was over, this over our drought of podcasts when we had the holidays and then a corrupted podcast. So, yeah. go ahead.
1: Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey. We didn't get to talk about Miss Universe and Steve Harvey. Oh, my God. I watched that live. It was just me and my dad sitting. I can't remember what night of the week. It was like a Monday. We were just kind of like bored and flipping through. And it was the final. So, it was like down to the two. I was like, all right, I guess I'll watch this. And it was the most – everyone knows what we're talking about. And I wish we could play a clip. We might be able to squeeze one in there. Um, but it is the most awkward live television thing you've ever seen. And it's so awesome. Oh, my God. I, I, like, I'm like. i surprised it's gone away. I'm surprised people aren't still talking about it and talking about Steve Harvey. But, I mean, man alive. I, I don't think I've ever seen a, a, yeah. <laughs> a more yeah. perfect so live television mess up.
0: It was, so it was Sunday, December 20th at 10, 12 p.m., Uh, we received the following text message from Steve. Uh, It's in all capitals, you guys, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point, question mark. Please tell me you just saw the Miss Universe thing. And unfortunately, we had not seen it, and he describes it as the best, capital, best thing ever with a bunch of R's. So unbelievable. Steve Harvey announced the wrong winner and had to take the crown away from the girl he announced. It was incredible and so, 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 so awkward, (laughs) which is a great way to describe it. I Um, loved it. I still love it. And as our roommate uh, pointed out... uh, it may have been good for Steve Harvey's
1: career. I I think it's the best thing that's ever happened to him. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me.
0: <laughs> so, so by association, other Steves probably have the yeah, same experience. This is so. good
1: for all Steves.
0: Um, So there you go. Steve Harvey uh, didn't get to touch on that, so there's uh, a little bit of a late reaction to that one.
1: We'll get him on uh, to talk about uh, we'll, it too we'll get, later.
0: We'll get him on to tell us about uh, how that went. he definitely doesn't have a job anymore. <laughs> and uh, so one final thing that we also missed over uh, much of that break was uh, Survivor, which we had talked about a little bit, and this is more of a beef with uh, the Survivor uh, contest that we yeah. were in. So uh, Steve, so Steve just found out tonight found as out we were recording 15 this minutes ago that Jeremy uh, that the won Survivor. We picked, Sp- the person we picked won. Spoiler alert! I mean, Survivor ended a few weeks ago, so I'm, I'm not really concerned about these spoilers at this point. But Steve just learned that Sir Jeremy, who was on, on our, our Survivor fantasy team, our number two pick actually, uh, was uh, Woo, Woo was our, was our, our number one guy. pick. Right, That's a bad pick. Um, but Jeremy won. Jeremy our our won. team had
1: the winner, and so Steve is. I didn't. I stopped watching because we were technically out on points. Like it. it, we, were, it we were. out on. It, points there was some weird accumulation. Like ago. however, however many rounds your person survives, you get that many points. Um, so we had a person still in it with two or three weeks left. But another team had. But another team had enough. Three points. people still in it. So uh, and we got nothing. And we got. We picked the survivor. And got yeah. In the show, survivor. Yeah. Everyone else died. Everyone else is dead, and he survived. Nothing, to be, uh, nothing to to be show fair, for. I didn't watch a lot of it, <laughs> but <laughs> so, still, um, I, I, I had a, I had a good feeling about him from
0: the start. Great feeling about him, and then and and it turned out. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Jeremy's from Foxborough, and uh, I have relatives that know Jeremy, uh, my cousins who live in Foxborough. So, uh, good local guy. Did you win uh, money for Survivor. You do. You win a million
1: dollars. One million dollars. One million dollars. Yeah, so a little low for thirty for five days, or how yeah. about forty, fifty days in the jungle. Yeah. So eating doo doo and like yeah. basically backstabbing all your friends.
0: But hey, a million dollars is a million bucks. But that's I mean true. I I guess uh I am a little surprised it's not more, uh, given how successful Survivor is and how long it's been on the air. Yeah. But
1: I mean, I'm sure um, you get a lot of endorsements and stuff like that. Yeah. But. Yeah.
0: And uh, appearances and things like that from ABC, I'm sure. But so anyway, that's uh that's what uh we missed while we were gone. And uh not too much more I uh, don't really have any fan questions that I've seen, um, so you guys can a long, get back. It was on a there. long break. Long break. You yeah. know, we haven't had one since before Christmas, really. Um, I think so.
1: Chris did send one in. I can't remember what he asked, but he ended it with "Merry Christmas." And Chris was in all ah, cats. You're right, actually. That, um, so we, I am giving him a shout out for that. Are you going to look it up? I will uh,
0: get it as quickly as I can. All Let's right. see. Here we go. So uh, Chris McLaughlin, hi. This question is for Carrie Shields. <laughs> Carrie, it's Christmas season and the holidays are are certainly heating up. I would love to get your input on a question I've had for three weeks now. Oh boy, I didn't—is a hot dog a sandwich or not? Please let Steve and Derek know so they can stop talking about it. Merry Christmas, and Christmas uh, has the word Chris spelled in all capitals, as his name is Chris. So wanted to read that question from Chris. I, I think totally we forgo- agree yeah. we're not going to talk about that. Question. I blocked
1: it out of my mind. I totally forgot it was about that
0: <laughs> because we're no longer discussing uh, that topic.
1: Yeah. Um, so, even though Rob had thank a great you, take on thank it last week, thank you for week. the question. So, um, thank you for the question. We refuse to answer it. <laughs> exactly. So, right.
0: but Chris, don't be discouraged. Continue Please writing continue questions writing for, Carrie, for Carrie Shields, particularly.
1: We'll get her on. I have a five dollar bet with Rob. That, five dollar bet that I will get her on the show. Is there
0: an expiration on that bet?
1: Whenever we finish the podcast.
0: All right. By the last episode, that should be easy. That should be easy to to win that final drive. Um, (laughs) you want to go first or second? Up to you.
1: Um, you can go first.
0: I'll go first. So, my final drive topic uh, is back to college football. So, we have a little bit more sports. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. So, that kid is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, you know, had heard about him, had seen highlights of him uh, leading up to the Heisman uh, ceremony, you know, runner up uh, to uh, Derrick Henry for Alabama watching that kid play in their bowl game that kid is is an unbelievable football player making people miss left and right uh 368 uh, all-purpose yards I believe was a uh Rose Bowl record I think um and so just just amazing performance from that guy he's gonna be a big time factor player at the next level uh and I think um that you know he, he's just he's a he's amazing to watch and I think that he's gonna He's going to go highly in the first round and be an offensive talent uh, for a lot for whatever team decides to take a chance on him.
1: That's a good good hot take. Good hot take. Um, And my topic is um, I have discovered wine from a can. Um, It's a beer can. It's the size. I think it's eight or twelve ounces. Whatever it is, it's called Underwood. It's just a plain silver can. You open it up like a normal beer can. And you can drink it from a can, or you can pour it through an aerator into a glass, which is what I did. Cause so classy. Because I'm, I'm a classy person, and I drink wine, but it's from a can. Um, it's about two, 9 bucks a can, um, so you can't really do a six-pack, but I think canned wine is the future. You heard it here first um, and second. Uh, canned wine is the future. I can see, because um, our gen- millennial generation is getting into, like, craft beers and wine and, like, FUD Light and all that stuff has kind of fallen behind um, so I think canned wine is perfect like go to the tailgate bring a pack of six pack of wine crush some, some Pinot Noir with your bros slam a wine can against your head head into the football game with red teeth it's, yeah. it, it, it's the honestly the future might be the present wine drunk is probably the best drunk according to uh, science studies Yep. Um, so I think uh, wine from cans can is called Underwood Nine bucks. If you can, if you see it, buy it. I, I'm not a wine connoisseur, but I know bad wine, and it's not very mm-hmm. bad wine. So. And,
0: and if it's not very bad wine, then it's good wine. Think, it's so. good wine, exactly. And uh, and you can't neglect the science
1: studies either. The science studies are, oh. are irrefutable. And my last thing was the the change. Steve Nicholas tomatoes. Oh right. We didn't get to say this last time. Um, my beloved movie ranking system, and I kind of rank other things in this just because it's funny. Steve Nicholas Tomatoes will no longer be called Steve Nicholas Tomatoes. It will be called Steve Nicholas Avocados um, because I've been ranking things and the tomatoes market was just a bit oversaturated. There was another competing, you know, I can't even know the name. It's like Stupid Tomatoes or Rotten Tomatoes. I know, I know the name, but I, I have to kind of. They're a competitor. Yeah. Part, so. Um, so, Steve Nicholas Avocados. Uh, I'm giving this podcast. 68, no, 73 Steve Nicholas avocados. Not certified guac, um, but I think the next one's going to be really good. The next one could be certified guac for sure. Certified guac is, is what you want. I think there's a threshold for that. It's around 85, to 85, yeah, okay, okay.
0: Cool, okay. so that's the target. That's the target moving forward. Mm-hmm. So thank you guys for listening. Episode four in the books. Hopefully this one didn't come out all choppy for you. If you're listening to it at this point, I'm sure it wasn't choppy. So Thank you for listening um, this far. Very uh, happy to have you along, and we'll see you guys next week. Have a great 2016. Have a great 2016. We'll see you. I think it's going to be a good year. I think it's going to be a great year. See you guys later.
1: Later.